section contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to another Kingery Commentary. Uh, this is Director James Tyler, and with me is... Jeffrey Bridges, what? 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 You're not Macaulay Eaton. What's going on? Up oh. is down, left is right. Yeah, it's crazy. Macaulay couldn't make it. She's uh, really busy with school and everything, so I'm filling in. Yeah, uh, uh, for about a millisecond, I considered, oh, I could just do, because she's writing the next script as well. Mm-hmm. And for about a millisecond, I was like, you know, I could do a couple. No, I'm not going to do any of these on my own. I've listened to, <laughs> like, I actually, right before this, I listened to uh, Pete Milan's uh, latest Batman, and I was like, yeah, I don't envy him at all having to fill up all that space on his own. So. Yeah, actually, I think he was going to have me uh, as, uh, next month, if we have enough time, I think I'm going to be joining them on that one, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just doing all kinds of podcasts that you uh, have nothing to do with. Well, of course, you wrote well, the story for this something one. to do with. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But no, so you um, wrote the story for this as sort mm-hmm. of part of the big Kingery conglomerate, as I like to think of it. Yeah. This mysterious sort of uh cadre that comes up with these wonderful stories that we get to enjoy yeah yeah we have a meeting and we discuss uh you know where we'd like to see the characters go what kind of arcs we want them to have and everyone just kind of tosses out a few ideas oh, it would be cool if we saw this or this thing could happen and i take all of those ideas from everybody and i put them together and craft a season-long story out of it with an outline what happens in each episode and then we divide them up and everybody has their own to write mm-hmm which is a really fascinating sort of, because it seems that, you know, like this show reminds me a lot of, um, just to name one particular show, is like Babylon 5 or something, where there seems to be a very strong sort of central arc that goes throughout, mm-hmm. where every individual moment seems to reference something else, you know, that yeah. might seem unconnected at first. Yeah. So it's really interesting to me that it's sort of this conglomerate decision, and then you sort of plot it out, and then there are all these individual writers, because it seems like such a singular vision, but, I mean, it's much more of a collective than anything. Yeah, it is, and I think that's a, a credit to all the people working on these scripts to make them all gel together so well and keep everyone in character in every script all the time. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, it helps every month, too, after the script is written. All of us writers get together and go over the script together and suggest changes or tweaks and everything until we're all happy with it, and then it goes out. So that Mm -hmm. helps a lot, too. And it's, I mean, always consistently brilliant, such great writing all around. This script especially, I mean, just small things like um, there were some uh, sound effects descriptions in here where I just sort of started scratching my head. It's one of those things where it's a delight to read, but then when you start directing it, it becomes a technical problem. Yeah, I think there's an in-joke in the Kingery scripts now where there's a sound effect and the call for it is green light. Yeah, yeah that kind of a green light in this episode. <laughs> the first time that showed up, we all laughed, and so it's just an in-joke. We keep throwing it in now. Oh, green light, have fun. I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, also, way, I just wanted to make a note that yeah. um, I'm proud to be having a Glassmeyer eating uh, scene in this episode, <laughs> keeping that tradition also, alive. Yes, yeah, also a Kingery tradition. <laughs> Get food in Carl's mouth. That's. <laughs> but I wanted to say this is the uh, first episode you've directed solo. Yes. And I wanted to compliment you on that because it meshed perfectly with every other Kingery episode, and if I didn't know the direction had changed, I wouldn't know the direction had changed. So you did an exemplary job, sir. Thank you very much. It was... Um, as I sort of said in the last commentary, both you with sort of my initial training and then Seth with sort of my Kingery-specific training, mm-hmm. 
um, I had great teachers and sort of getting me up to par and sort of showing me the ropes of um, this show in particular. And so when I got to it, I mean, certainly it was harder than just sort of doing my scenes or even doing the master mix with Seth's scenes last time. But um, it was a lot easier than I think it would have been if I had just sort of jumped into the pool or jumped into the deep end before yeah. having that sort of training ground time. So and I wanted to say, too, we just passed it up now, but you, <laughs> you did a great job with the uh, behind-the-door voices there. Mm. One of the two parts of this uh, episode I actually hated doing. There's a scene <laughs> late in this episode that just absolutely drove me crazy, and I'll talk about that when we get there. But, yeah, this sort of talking behind the door effect is um, hard to capture, um, really, but there's a there are a couple good filters in Audition that sort of get that sort of distant, but still audio. Because that's the thing, is that you can have a good filter on there that makes something sound distant, but then you just can't hear anything. Right, right. So it's a, it's a tough line to distort something without it being totally lost. And one little uh, tidbit I wanted to mention, we already completely passed up the uh, Hooks and Asa scene, but in this season, uh, mostly it's everyone going to Asa with their problems, and, you know, he's helping everybody out. <laughs> mm -hmm. In the next season, uh, there's, there's still a bunch of that, because that's, you know, Asa's main function there, but there is um, development with Asa, especially towards the end of season two and into season three, you're going to learn something uh, kind of surprising about him. So just a little future tidbit there. We've well, it's, far ahead. It's interesting because, I mean, Asa, I mean, everyone's interesting on the show, but Asa seems to sort of be, you're right, like everyone complains to him, but on top of that, they all give him information. Mm -hmm. So I think almost more than anyone, he knows everything that's going on at the Kingery. So that is interesting. And that could become very valuable if someone wanted to know something. So. Oh, and another Kingery tradition. You got the uh, the music playing on Tommy's radio. Yeah, I've talked in past podcasts in my sort of love affair with Tommy Arkell's radio. Yeah. That it's, um, I, I mean, I noticed it before, and then um, Seth just sort of said to me one time, you know, I always try to keep this radio sort of in the background of all these scenes in Arkell's office. And I was like, well, I'll just try to keep that tradition alive. Yeah, it's, it's a good uh, mood-setting device, and it's, you know, something that's consistent in his office all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, um, it's, and I, I mean, I joked about it last time, but it's sort of a character in and of itself. You know, it's sort of always there, and, you know, so I really enjoy playing with that. And then at the end of this scene, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but I kind of do this weird fade shift where I basically try to hint that whatever's playing on Arkell's radio is also playing at the bar that's in the next scene. So oh. it's sort of a shared radio station going on between these nice. two spots. So. Very nice. You know. And I wanted to say, too, in this scene, okay, Pete actually scared me as Tommy. <laughs> like when he got all pissed off, I was like, holy crap, I'm going to run and hide. I swear to God. He was... Pete always astounds me, and um, there's a lot of, um, and apparently he's, you know, famous for this, but there's a lot of great improv in these lines. Oh, yeah. Pete's, Pete's all about the improv. And so, and but none of it is, I mean, it's not, it always fits the character. Oh, like, yeah, there's never it all in character, all right. the time. It's, it's, it's just amazing. He's got a gift. Mm -hmm. So it's really um, a treat to get to listen to his stuff, because you never know exactly what you're going to get from line yeah. to line, because it's... Almost never what's on the page. 
but always good. Oh, yeah. See, I just got goosebumps again. <laughs> damn, Pete, damn. Yeah, excellent job, as always. Um, and here we have, last time we had Drunk Brock, and now we have Drunk Shepherd. Yeah. Who, um, you know, lots okay. of drunk people on the Kingery. Kingery people got some problems. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's got problems on the Kingery. But uh, Michael did a really great job here, too. I think this is the best he's ever been as Shepard. You could almost, I mean, you could just, like, feel the despair in his voice in the scene. Mm -hmm. And it's really come because, you know, he's fallen so far from the beginning of, I mean, he's been in a tough position at the beginning of the season. But at this point, you just sort of, I mean, your heart has to go out to him at this point where he's just given up everything. Oh, and here comes a special co-star. There he is. Seth, I'm sure we can't get him off the fucking Kingery, so... <laughs> we just can't get rid of you, Seth. And here he is again, making a cameo appearance as the bartender. We actually, there are, there's um, a couple roles that we had coming up where I was just like, do you know who's supposed to do this? And Seth was like, um, I'll do it. So I was like, all right, well, so you'll do that. And there's a character in the next episode that's going to be me. Forgot to mention... Um, some of the sound effects, especially in that first scene, <laughs> um, is actually some Foley work that I had to do for this particular episode. It's You'd be surprised that you can't find sound effects for people unwrapping sandwiches. Yeah, you know, I had a... It was a, a Superman episode a couple of years ago, and I needed the sound of uh, Lois opening her purse and rummaging through it. Couldn't find anything even remotely close to it, so, yeah, we just had to make it ourselves. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to dig deep and break out the props. So, yeah. but no, it um, it was interesting what you could find and what you couldn't find mm-hmm. um, out there because you could find some really random stuff. Like that's the thing is that you know, like even like uh, someone rummaging through their purse, I would expect that there would be something like that out yeah, there. Yeah, you would think so, but yeah. for, at the time, couldn't find it anywhere. So. Right. Very interesting. But no, um, this scene was kind of fun to do because it's another sort of um, setting. But I that was the one thing that I really liked about this scene is that no two um, individual scenes in this episode are in the same place. Mm-hmm. And the two previous um, episodes that I helped direct, all the scenes I did were in... <laughs> were um, in the same location. So, like, in the first one I did, everything was in Hook's office, and then the second one I did, everything was in Arkell's office. So this one I got to go into all these different locations, and I had a lot of fun with that, sort of figuring out how to convey these different locations audioly. Well, sure, it gives you a lot more variety and uh, more creative room to stretch. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I want to say I love... Uh, Shepard's ending line here it was really good by McCall where he says that he's going to heaven and hell. It's it's uh, it just plays on you know the the drug packets which they call heaven and everything so well. It's, it was just that's a really genius line. And I think it's um, a testament to all parts because I think I mean obviously it's a great line on the page, mm-hmm. but it's just as good because of the delivery of it. That oh, absolutely. That the subtlety and sort of the multi-layered aspects of what all that means for this character and all this mm-hmm. sort of religious imagery is not 
pat for him. It's something very so close to him. Yeah. And so, yeah, it really is a strong Shepard was actually um, a bit of a conundrum for season two, because where season one leaves him, uh, we didn't actually initially have a plan with what we were going to do for him in season two. We had a bunch of uh, plan for a bunch of the other characters and how, you know, where their arcs were going. And um, so we talked about that, and uh, it was actually really interesting where Shepard's going in season two, I think, anyway. It uh, takes him in a new place, but... Um, it's interesting, because I'm, I'm thinking about where that could be from what I know about what's coming up, not to yeah. give anything away, but... Well, it tied into uh, all the other stories with the other characters we were telling uh, mm -hmm. really, really well, which, you know, just like this season, there'll be all these little things, and they all tie together into the, you know, final culmination, but... Um, it was it was unexpected, but um, I think what we've got there is a, a really really good story, especially uh, for Shepard and uh, Arkell. Especially they're both going to kind of be the focus of season two, so um, I think it'll be. Uh, well, I don't, I don't want to say too much. There's assassins around. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not to say too much. We we missed it, but I just wanted to make a special note that the sound effect that is um, uh, Robert spilling his coffee on uh, mm -hmm. hooks, that was another sound effect. You know, spilling coffee, you know, no-brainer, that'll be everywhere. Not so much. <laughs> kind of hard to find. And so I was looking all over the place. I was like, well, you know, I'm fine with unwrapping a sandwich, but I really don't want to spill coffee on myself. How am I going to do this? And the sound effect on that is actually someone vomiting. So, you know, oh. take that one under your hat. Cheery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, I thought it fit the scene pretty well, so... No, it did. It, it sounded good. Well, now it's going to be tarnished for me forever. So exactly. Like, Every time you hear it, and anyone who listens to this commentary is just going to feel sick whenever that moment comes up. Although, um, Perry, as uh, hooks with his reaction to getting that spill out of that yeah noise he makes, it just yeah. cracked me up. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. It's always funny when Hooks is in pain. <laughs> always amusing or shocked by something. No, poor Hooks. There's green light. We just passed it. Oh, that was the green light. Very nice. Um, so this was, oddly enough, <laughs> my favorite scene to do this entire uh, episode. And it's for a very simple and silly reason. And it's because I got to do those keyboard sound effects. <laughs> those alone made this scene so much fun because it's just, I don't know, it's just a sound that I fell in love with. And, I, you know, you kind of have to live with certain sounds for a while when you're editing something. Oh, yeah. And by the end of it, just sort of working with the different sort of keyboard, there it is again, sounds that I had were just really fun. <laughs> so I had a lot of fun with that. It's just one of those stupid things that, you know, you sort of latch on to and have fun with um, that you don't expect. So, But I love doing this scene. Well, you got to, you know, find the fun where you can, because sometimes, you know, when you're replaying this scene over and over like 50 times to make sure you got it right, it just suddenly you just, you don't know what's going on anymore. You've heard everything so many times. Right. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is that, like, I mean, in this scene especially is just sort of a very talky, mystery-involved sort of reveal, and, mm -hmm. you know, by the time you've read it the first time, it's not that interesting anymore of how these guys figure out all this information. And so, yeah, you just have to find something to latch onto. And for me, it was keyboard sounds. And by the, the <laughs> and by the end of it, I just really had a lot of fun with it. So, but no, this is my favorite scene to do this episode. So, hope y'all like it. Yeah, this scene was, um, it was tough. It was kind of convoluted trying to explain 
everything to uh, Betty in Roberts. We call her Betty Burtz in the um, <laughs> in the uh, writer chat so that we can keep track of who it actually is. But um, yeah, so that Betty Burtz got all the information and knew what was going on. We had a you know trying to convey that too without it being too confusing. It, it's a pretty convoluted story as it is. You know, you gotta pay attention or you're gonna lose it. So, uh, but it doesn't get any easier from here out, folks. It's just oh. <laughs> oh, certainly. It, I think Seth said it best last time. That's not going to get any easier, not for a while. Yeah. So, you know, keep tuned for what that all means. But, um, And I think that it's also a tough scene, you know, sort of on the other side of the same coin, though, is that, you know, the listener knows all this. That's the pain of being the audience. Right is that you sort of have this knowledge that the characters don't. It's so painful sometimes when they're figuring something out that you've known from, you know, in this case, episode three or four, whenever all this actually happened, and now they're just figuring it out. And so it's hard to sort of have to sit there and have them sort of figure each piece out um, when you already know everything. So, but I think it's important that you be there when they have these revelations of what's going on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially as this scene with... Uh Betty Burtz will uh, play directly into the season finale from here. I mean, there's only one more episode until the finale, but it's um, it all just it just ramps straight up from here on out. Mm-hmm. Into um, the spectacular season finale, and I can't remember who wrote that episode. So. Uh, that was me. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. So thank you for that kind compliment. <laughs> um, but. Um, Uh, I can't remember what I was going to say, but yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, and I said this last week, I, I feel like a broken record saying all these things again, but um, this is, and this scene in particular, it's actually, this episode is called Twilight, and I think that's a perfect name for it, because it's sort of the beginning of the end of a lot of different stories and are kind of wrapping up now. And so it's that moment of realization for Betty Burt's as you might say. I'm still not used to that. (laughs) Um, But it's this moment of realization and all these different things are sort of coming to a head. So, um, and boy, are they going to come to a head by the time we get to the climax of this season. Yeah, all of these seemingly separate stories and threads, they all just not right up at the finale. Mm -hmm. And despite... What uh, Elliot may have said, it is going to end in a bang, not a whimper. <laughs> I think there's a few bangs, actually. Mm-hmm. But say no more. <clears throat> Don't worry, I'm the one who pays those assassin salaries. I'm not going to... I'm about to say, they won't kill you, will they? <laughs> and here's the scene I absolutely hated doing. Because it... I don't do well with intimacy. I don't deal with it well in my real life. I don't deal well with it in the fiction that I approach. And so having to deal with this particular scene, first reading the script, I was like, holy crap, how am I going to do this? And then listening to the performances. And I get great performances from both actors. So that was my one sort of um, solace was like, okay, so I can trust their performances to sort of convey sort of the things I'm terrified about approaching. But it's such an important scene, I think, for both of these characters. I mean, mm-hmm. monumental scenes. It is, and it, it has um, 
ramifications all the way through the end of season two, this scene right here. So, yes. And so I wanted to get it perfect, and that's why I was so terrified about it and just approaching it, I think. Um, I think it came out fine, but, I mean, I'll never like it because I hated doing it. No, I think I think it was great. I think the uh, Regina and uh, Andrew actually have really good chemistry in the scene, and, um, you know, Andrew sounds so perfectly bewildered sometimes, and Regina, especially at the end, um, you know, she's just, she just blew me away. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I mean, once I heard <laughs> the... The one bit of comfort that I had was when I heard the performances. I was like, okay, I think this is going to be all right. But it took it took to listen to their performances. They saved me. So thank you both very, very much. Oh, you know, I was I think I was saying Regina. Jane. Jane plays Regina. They're not the same person. <laughs> <clears throat> Jane, you're very good. Thank you. I, I know who you are. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just a little sick and sleepy. Yeah, you've been telling me that you've been pretty busy, so thank you again for taking the time out to do this with oh, me. Oh, sure, sure. Well, you know, December with Pendant, it's the uh, take one week off and it screws up your entire month. It's just it's right. a madhouse around here. And the whole fact of it being, you know, December, so yeah. things are kind of crazy to begin with. Yeah. See, see, yeah, I know. Okay, you're never going to like the scene, but you did a really good job. You just gave me goosebumps again, and I've heard it like three times already. So Thank you very much. It, it work. I, yeah, I'm I'm never going to like it. I hate it. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> I know how you feel. I've got entire episodes <laughs> from the past that I feel that way about. I'm never going to like them no matter what. So. No, I mean, not episodes that, you know, you had anything. I'm talking about ones that I directed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to say, now what are you trying to say here? I can't stand the work you did on episode 9, James. Oh, God. God. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You're very good. On our tiny little end scene with Madeline, mm-hmm. which I also thought there was some uh, nice touches in here about the apartment looking cleaner than she thought it would and the toilet seat being down or whatever because it's, you know, a woman living there actually. So There's a hilarious um, outtake in one of the lines she gave where... Uh, she gives the line and she says, maybe he's gay, which I thought was a great little outtake. Well, you just save those. You can make a nice blooper reel. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I don't get as many of them as I'd like. Um, yeah. James Rossi, this is a huge teaser for things that are coming up, but um, something that happens up in episode 12 to James Rossi's character um he sent me an alternate take of it that had me rolling on the floor. So I think I'm going to cut that up and edit it as the alternate take of an important moment in the Kingry's history, and I'll send that to you at some point. I've got to say, I think Madeline's one of my favorite characters on this show because I have a soft spot for cops. And uh-huh. shows. So I just sort of like, you know, her whole nails tough sort of attitude and so forth is very interesting to me. Yeah, she's got a uh important role in, in season two as well. Everything Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and you know, season two is not just like, oh, we pick up with a completely different storyline. Right, yeah. Something until it just it picks up you know, right from where season one 
leaves off. Not like, you know, two minutes later or anything. But right. <laughs> it's the same, it's a continuation of the same story. Gotcha. I'm looking forward to hearing more about season two. If it's just as good as season one, I can't wait. Actually, personally, I think it's going to be even better. I think the story we've got don't, for Don't it, tease me, Jeffrey. <laughs> I think the story we've got for it is, I mean, I, I love season one of what we did here, but I think especially since we know the characters better, we don't have to spend as much time figuring them out or getting to know them. I think it's just going to take off even even better. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait as a fan, and I can't wait as a someone who's part of this crazy, crazy thing. Um, it is crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. And now we're ending, nearing the end of uh, Twilight, and I just want to thank you again for helping me out. Um, I actually knew that we're going to be talking again in a couple episodes, and I can't wait to talk to you about episode 12. Yeah, we're so. going to have a lot to talk about with episode 12. <laughs> so, stay uh, with us, fans. You know, however many out there there are of you, I'm rambling. But, um, big things on the horizon, um, and we're going to be talking about them. And we're going to talk about how Jeffrey made me cry. Oh, I'm just a big meanie. For more information, visit TendonAudio.com. Thanks for listening.